Merry Christmas, comic book fans around the world. Without the benefit of a fancy sleigh, we here on the Contest of Champions spread joy around the world via this podcast. This week's Dirty Dan Disclaimer, or Triple D, reads as follows. This episode of the COC may contain inappropriate Santa references and suggestive Christmas presents. It is important to note that with Eli on the show, we cannot reliably state (laughs) that no reindeer were hurt in the taping of this show. (laughs) Despite being the Christmas episode, the COC podcast may or may not be suited for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. On Cape Killer, on Father Jeff, on Spider-Man Geek, on Speech... On Eli, on Tom, on Billy. Wait, wait, wait. Eli, get off of Billy. To the COC we go. Ah, oh, jeez. Uh, <laughs> let's get ready to rumble. Race this stuff. I don't know, but they're hilarious. I'll tell you that. <laughs> oh my gosh. <clears throat> All right, so season's greetings, friends, and welcome to a brand new season of the COC. This is season three of our live version of the show and our 51st episode. Uh, here on the COC, it's our goal to look at everything in the comic book world from superhero fights to our opinions on the best stories out there. Feel free to contact us and let us know what you think, uh, or even better, tell us what you would like to hear us discuss on the show. Yeah, well, we want to welcome tonight the ever-grinchy Mr. Infinite Speech. How you doing, Speech? Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> the the true inspiration for Buddy the Elf, Mr. Eli Anthony. Son of a gun. Hey, guys. <laughs> and uh, a guy who has a red nose, not because he's Rudolph, but because he's always plastered, uh, Mr. Tom McNeely. How you doing, Tom? I'm doing all right. <laughs> all right, all right, and uh, and and uh, last but not least, of course, are your hosts, myself, Father Christmas. Uh, I mean, Father Jeff and uh, Chris Kringle himself, the Canadian Cape Killer. How you doing, Cape? Doing well, thanks. Doing well, thanks good, for asking. Good, good. How about you? I'm doing just great. It's it's a jolly time. In the, yep, it is. So, and uh, we may have a couple of other guests that may join us later in the show, but uh, but you know how that goes. Uh, every time we say that, then they never show up. So, yeah. we'll just keep going. Okay, so in keeping with the festive season, let's start off with our naughty and nice list from this week's comics. All our guests will select two books from this week's releases, one that they were disappointed with, which goes on our naughty list, and one that they enjoyed, which is going to go on our nice list. And and do we like send coal directly to the the publishers that? that yeah, that, I guess it depends. <clears throat> yeah, I think in some, some cases it'll be the writer. I know in my case it'll be an artist. Okay, okay. Yeah, I think right. there's a wide variety of people that get lots of coal from us this year. Yeah, yeah. Okay, sounds good. Okay, so why don't I'll start it off? Okay. Um, on my uh, on my nice list, um, I went with uh, Avengers Arena, which I know the last show I spoke about how I was surprised by this book and in up until Avengers Arena I had given up on Avengers Academy and thought that it was, the characters were horrible and the writing was horrible and the plot was horrible and every single thing to do with them was horrible um, and then uh, and then they come up with this and this is this is by Dennis Hopeless who I don't know a lot about but what a what a great book um, 
he he has some characters that we know. He has some characters that we've never heard about before. And I, I found, I don't know about you guys, but I found over the past maybe even 10 years, inventing and introducing new young characters into the Marvel Universe just never works anymore, it seems like. It seems like they just suck, you know, like it doesn't matter who they are. Uh, but this hopeless guy throws a bunch of people in here that we've never heard about and and uh, call me crazy, but I'm interested in them. So yeah, I thought I thought that issue was even stronger than the first one, and I liked I really liked the first issue. But um, this, those those individual character moments, I think, uh, if he continues to kind of pepper those throughout throughout the series, I think that'll be a good thing. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's intriguing. I like it a lot. Really like the cover too. Um, oh, Chris Bocciolo. Yeah, beautiful looking cover. Yeah. Um, so for my naughty list, uh, and, and this is it. This is it for me for this book. I'm going to drop this title. Um, so they've relaunched Thunderbolts. So this is issue number two of Thunderbolts, and it, it's just atrocious. Um, and I guess part of it, I don't know. I, if it was drawn by somebody else, I wonder if I would like it. But I don't know. It's drawn by Steve Dillon, who. I just I can't stand Dylan's work. I think he's one of the worst artists on the planet. It's very flat. Yeah, I can't I can't stand his figurative work. I can't stand the way he makes faces look. Everything's blocky. Um, he's like he, it's like Howard Chaykin's work. Uh, I can't stand it. So it's hard for me to get through this book because the the art makes me want to puke. Um, mm. But you know I guess so. What I did today is I reread it and, and looked at it and thought, okay, now if I can put the art out of my mind. How does this story come across and read? And ultimately, I could care less. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's it's just, it's so stupid. It's a team that's led by Red Hulk. Yeah, uh, that, that right there. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like, and, and like, so like, listen to these characters. Like, I don't know about you guys, but I'm not interested in these characters. It's Red Hulk, Punisher, Venom, uh, Elektra, and Deadpool. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And it's, uh, I have no interest in any of these characters. The closest thing I have of interest would be Deadpool, kind of. <clears throat> but the rest of them, they're just—they're—they're they're not even characters that I don't—that I don't care about. They're characters that I actually kind of despise. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so so this is it. Number two zip for me. I'm dropping this book. It's uh, it's a uh, it's a real shame because I think the thing that has always made Thunderbolt so great is when you've taken a group of super villains and turned them into superheroes. That's always what has made that book so good and the fact that they've scrapped that once again and every time they they scrap that in favor for some new idea for the thunderbolts uh it never does that well so uh you know i i think they're making a mistake in you know and i understand why i mean they're putting all of these high profile characters um on, on this book but still it just yeah it's, it seems like with all the new books now that with marvel now i think it seems like they're um it seems like what they're doing is they're looking for a home for everybody. You know what I mean? Like they're yeah. trying to find a home for everyone. And <clears throat> I thought Thunderbolts was great. One of my favorite books consistently. Um, and uh, it's just, you know, it's too bad. But I'm, I've committed myself to not wasting my money anymore on on books that are no good, you know. And uh, this book's no good, so it's it's gone. Cool. Well, um, on my nice list um – is uh is is most definitely Lock and Key Omega number two. Um, I don't know if you guys have read any Lock and Key stuff at all. Um, and I only got into it because uh, Decapitated Dan, uh, you know, 
tied my arm behind my back and and made me read it once and uh but he only he, he only had to make me read it once and uh, before I was hooked so um so this is the last mini series of the lock and key saga and things are all start it's really ramping up and this issue in particular uh this is written by Joe Hill and drawn by Gabriel Rodriguez and um and there's a there's a character that's been kind of a a bit character um and he's um uh he's a little uh i guess you would say he's he's mentally handicapped and he uh but he's been kind of a victim throughout his mom uh, he, well, the, the main villain of the story basically shacked up with his mom and just really treated him badly in a previous series and stuff. But see, the, the, what's great about him is that um, he's 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 played as as you know mentally handicapped, but he actually knows more about what's going on than pretty much anybody else, and uh, and that's what makes his character so great. Um, but he he plays with these. He plays with these uh, robots and action figures all the time, but what he does is he kind of inserts himself into like he's um, like he's a military guy, and he talks to the to his uh, action figures as if he you know he were interacting with them like on a battlefield, and uh, so he's always uh, kind of uh, creating these these dramas with these action figures of what's really going on with the with the evil stuff that's going on around him and so uh so in this issue it really focuses on him his name is rufus and uh and uh it turns out that he you know he's 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 he kind of holds the key to helping uh the family, the Locke family, uh, defeat the the evil that is that is going on in the book, and so, but but they do it so well, and there were there were parts in this book where I I stood up and I was like, oh, I mean, I was like, yes, this is fantastic, and then there were there were other parts like there's there's another part in here, and I won't spoil it for Gid because you know he whines about everything all the time, but um, <laughs> but I already read it, so you can go ahead. And oh, okay, well, I'll, and I won't spoil it. I won't spoil it. But there's a there's a real tender moment in this. In this uh, in this scene too, that really got me, uh, you know, emotional. So it's just a tremendous story that that really uh, is just really exciting. And so you know, I would not say go out and just pick up this issue. I would instead go back and uh, start with the first Lock and Key series and work your way up. I mean, it's because it just builds on itself. But Lock and Key is a great saga type story. So be sure to. And I don't mean saga as in the comic book. I mean like an actual saga. So the literal, uh, the, the, the literal meaning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It was good. What'd you think, Speech? Did you, did you like it? Oh, oh, yes. And I was pretty much moved because I work with those type type of kids too. Mm-hmm. And it's it, and and it is like how he sees the world is how some of my kids see yeah. the the world, and it was it was just real real cool. So yeah, a great issue. I was moved. Yeah, good stuff. <clears throat> um. My naughty list. Um, I, I don't think you guys uh, uh, have to guess much here. My 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 naughty list is Avengers number two uh, by Jonathan Hickman and Jerome Pena. Uh, I know. Yeah, I'm just not getting this, man. I, I I don't I don't. There's nothing about this book that I like. Even even Jerome Pena's art. I don't know what's going on with with his art. He, I mean, it's his art is. I mean, it's good, but it's not the best that it's ever been. And it just seems really, I don't know, it just seems really weak. The writing, I don't i don't understand why they're adding all of these characters that I don't really care about. It just seems like they're throwing so much, he's throwing so much in there um, and, and 
you know, the bad part is that you have all of these characters that are not going to be developed because he's going to be too busy juggling all of these different characters on this Avengers team. And that's and that's what happens in this this you don't you get you get barely a second with any one character throughout the whole story. And um and we get to see a little bit of the villain's backstory and kind of what what their thing is doing. And I, to me I kept thinking to myself, okay, if these guys were the if the if these are from the creators of the universe, how come we've never heard of these people before? Like I, I hate when they when they throw something in there that is as fundamental to the universe as the creator of uh, you know of the entire universe. And but that's explained in the issue, though. That's yeah, explained in the issue. Well, and and I think too. I think the other thing with that Jeff is I don't think that they are. I think that they I think that they believe that they are, but I don't think that they actually are. Do you know what I mean? I no. think it's just more. I think that that these characters actually just believe. That that's their role. Okay. Well, if that's the case, then that that would be okay. But you know, unfortunately, you're not writing the series. Jonathan Hickman is. So <laughs> I have a feeling he th- he thinks that they're actually the the. Uh, Gid, the... did you like this book? Pardon me. Did you like this book, Gid? Yes, I did actually. Yeah, I, I think it's awesome. Why? I, think why? I, d- I don't understand why. Nobody can tell me why they like this book. I can I tell did. you. I did. I took. Yeah, I can tell tell you why I like it too. Well, one, I did it. I've accepted the fact that you know, I and and I even told you this on the um, forums that because I do believe what you said earlier that for people who are who have a knowledge of this, you it's it's really not old reader friendly mm-hmm. because we we know the characters they're they're already mm-hmm. established. This book is playing towards the whole movie c- crowd, and that's fine. I've accepted that, but it's still fun. It's still a fun read to me. I like the team dynamic. I like that it's bigger, and I like the fact that they're ca- they're calling in more heavy hitters on the team. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, and I just, I mean, and I like the introduction of brand new bad guys because I'm tired of seeing the same old bad guys. Because if if this would have started off with like Ultron or Doctor Doom, I just wouldn't. I wouldn't have read it. I wouldn't have been interested. I like that we're getting new. Yeah, new, yeah. New bad guys is always fun. That way I can criticize them later if they suck. <laughs> exactly. I like, that, I like that the conflict is happening off Earth, too. I like that they've moved it. They've moved it to Mars. Do you know what I mean? And right. I know there's been a few that have gone to Mars, but I, for some reason I'm buying this one a little bit more. So I, I like the fact that it's not happening. And I know they're shooting, their, they're shooting those cannon things in their hitting Earth. But I like that they're taking the fight to Mars, and it's not, you know, in Central Park again or a place like that. And I agree with everything Gibbs said. I love these new bad guys. I love the size of this team. I've always wondered how you could call them, you know, the Avengers, Earth's Mightiest Heroes, and you have Wolverine and Spider-Man and those guys, Luke Cage on the team. Do you know what I mean? Like when you've got these other, you know, Hyperions and guys walking around like. They're, they're Earth's mightiest heroes. You yeah, know I mean? but see, and, that, and, that, and that's another point for me, is that I feel like this is kind of a, a DCization of, of this team. <laughs> like, I don't, I, I like, I like, and maybe, maybe I'm, just, I'm just a Bendis fan, and I liked what he did with that team, but I, 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 <coughs> I, I like that the characters have been more hodgepodge and they've been more d- different power sets and now you just thrown in like Hyperion and Smasher and Captain Universe who all seem to me to be kind of the same character and they well, all Smasher, seem- Go ahead. This, this Smasher is from Earth um, it'll be the first Earthling that's an Imperial Guard but we still don't, yeah. don't and, I, and I think female right yeah yeah 
So we don't know. I mean, may ju- just be super strength and all that, but you know, we still don't know. Right. I mean, we're only in the second issue, Jeff. Yeah, that's true. I do like. I love the scene. I do have to say, I will say one positive thing. I love the scene with Cannonball and Sunspot. I thought that was a great yeah. scene. That was a great scene. But okay. Well, Eli, how about you, man? Um, I uh, let's see. My positive for the week. What I thought was hot is. Uh, in Indestructible Hulk number two. Oh yeah, that's a good book. I uh, I'm liking that book. I'm liking Banner being something other than a twitchy little wiener, and uh, the actions. You know, it's okay. Um, sciency stuff is cool, but my favorite part is where uh, Banner is explaining to Tony what he's doing scientifically, what he's what his goals are, and he goes, "I'm sorry, am I intimidating you?" And Tony goes, "You." Please, and then he excuses himself, walks into another room, looks in the mirror, and tells himself, "You're still rich." <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah, that was great. I mean, uh, it's just just Tony getting that come up and 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 actually admitting it to himself that, that I love that. How great was um, that one little scene where uh, where Tony walks in and 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 Banner is laughing and he's like he's looking at some stupid equation and he's like look it's a pun and they look at it and they both laugh but nobody knows what they're laughing at I thought that was right. just great that was great that was pretty Very good well I like that um, and my low point that I had was I made the mistake in thinking that the leak of Amazing Spider-Man 700 that someone showed me uh, was this week but of course it's not and so I'm going to make that my low point for the week. Is Don't talk about it because I haven't uh, seen it or anything. No, so, no, no, no. The low point was going to come from the book until I realized it wasn't supposed to come out this week. So that's my low point. Some oh, oh, oh. Jackal putting, uh, leaking it. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, they leaked it, what, like three weeks in advance? Yeah, it's not supposed to come out until next week. Yeah, jackass. Yeah, exactly. Um... And and also, uh, I, I wanted to mention something about the um, the whole Avengers and the creators of the universe thing, the new thing on that. Yeah, yeah. I, you guys remember in Annihilation Wave, we yes. had the uh, the two old the, the two old gods that were pissed off at Galactus. Uh huh. And there was a whole creation story there. Yes. And that I actually liked that creation story. Whether whether Marvel is is making it so these guys just think they are, or if they're they're just completely ignoring what writers are doing with the creation of the Marvel universe, it, it would be cool if they if they stuck to one story. <laughs> yeah. But why? But why? Why stick to one story? I don't understand that. Like it's when you look at look at us. Like look it's at, the creation of the Marvel universe. What's wrong with having? And and, and if you look at what these guys say they're doing, you know, they go to other worlds and they do this. That could all happen if, and it would be just as viable if you took out the part where they were the creators or they sprung from the creators. Because this same story gets told over and over again. But none of our none Remember of Remember the chaos might that was sitting on Thanos' shoulder through Annihilation Wave? The little the little yeah, girl yeah. with everything? She was part of that. The same thing that the so it's the same exact story regurgitated. I mean, make one, stick with it, branch yeah. from it, but don't keep redoing it. I, I see I disagree like a million percent. But like you you look at our creation stories that we have here, you and I, and all of our creation stories are different too. You know what I mean? And and no one's going to sit but, back and But how many of them can be real? 
only one of them is real. R- r- we don't need to discuss what it is, but only one of them is real. Oh, and even, this is I the Marvel Universe. It's fiction. They're making it up. I don't know if only one can be real. Well, well, I, I mean, I would, I would agree with you, but what, what, what I like about different creation stories in our world are that they are, they're, they're similar, but they're fundamentally different. I mean, they've got, they, they come from different cultures and those kind of things. This, this seems to me like the same thing, just like Eli said, it's just regurgitated in, in a different. It doesn't seem original enough. Now, if, if Hickman wanted to make this a, you know, something brand new, it just seems like this has been done before. Yeah, the same yeah, he's, story he's, where there are creators and then there are agents of those creators that go out and plant seeds and monitor and do all this stuff. It's the same thing from Annihilation Wave. You know, the DC always, for years, had a, a single, basically as a creation uh, image that would pop up uh, for years. It was a, essentially a hand sticking up out of a void with a, a swirl of stars in it. And that was supposedly a moment of creation. And there was really no explanation whose hand was that. And they they came back and, and over several you know several iterations several reboots of the universe it'd always be a different hand there once it was the specter once it was the anti monitor once it was uh, parallax you know they they were able to uh, to take this one kind of core image and tell a lot of stories around it and, and I kind of liked the way they did that in in comparison right hmm. well Tom how about you uh, let's see for my naughty list I chose uh, Stormwatch fourteen. And it's just basically Stormwatch has always underwhelmed me. It's always been the kind of after afterthought team book. It's it's more you know Wildstorm Wildstormization of the DC universe, which I'm not really happy with anyway. But uh, even though Peter Milligan's writing, and I love Milligan's writing in general, the uh, the books kind of devolved into a whole the whole Apollo uh, and uh, and Midnighter show, where it's, it's like Midnighter gets gets his ass handed to him, and Apollo starts starts uh, whining about you know whining about him and and you know, running after him, and it's like he's a puppy dog following around after Midnighter, and it's just a distraction. I mean, there, there's actually the the real plot of the story is they're bringing the the demon into the mainstream present day DC universe. He's got his own headline series, but set in medieval times, and uh, you know that's all overshadowed by this whole uh, you know Midnighter Apollo dynamic going on. And and for me, it's it's just been an underwhelming book, and and uh, it's just become kind of a parody of itself with, with this whole uh, thing taking center stage. So it's just a distraction from what's yeah you know, what could be a pretty good book, right? But it's just one of the situations where the subplot's taken over from the main plot, and uh, then the uh, my nice list was uh, I want to give a shout out to Red Hood and the Outlaws again, and uh, this is number oh, fourteen. Great book. It's uh, I just I like the dynamic between the three characters, but but fourteen was interesting because Superman made a guest appearance and. The whole story is told from Jason Todd's point of view of how much he hates Superman and doesn't trust him. And uh, there was, uh, let's see, I'm, I'm trying to find the exact line. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah they, they were, um, Superman comes and basically knocks on their spaceship. They're just coming back from Tamaran where their previous story arc had taken place. And Superman's like knocking on the window of the spacecraft. Hey, can I talk to, Cor- talk to Starfire? Um, I need to let her know something. And they, you know, not trusting him, they end up teleporting down to uh, the island where J- where uh, Corey had been hang- hanging out, where Jason washed ashore and everything. That's how they met up, and thinking, okay, it'll take Superman a while to find them. And and then all of a sudden, here he is, just pop. You know, Jason appears from the teleporter with the guns drawn, aimed up at the air, scanning around for Superman. It's like, what? He's not going to find us for a while. And then right there, it, it pops up with uh, with uh, Jason Todd narrating, saying, "See, this is exactly what I'm talking about." 
He's just floating there in the sights of one of the most powerful handguns made by man, and you'd think he, we were throwing roses at his feet. Right, real human. You know, the whole thing was uh, uh, Jason's not trusting the fact that Superman's essentially a god. And you think this, you know, and it's distrust him. It's like, yeah, you think he's there for our good, our benefit. Yeah, he could, he could basically swat the world's military inside without blinking an eye. And and you think he's there for, you know, you think he, you think he's on the side of angels here. Right. So his distrust, and in the end, it, it basically comes down to, well, Batman says he trusts him, so I guess I have to too. But he, but you know, not all the way. So it, it's just a very well-told story, and then it's gonna, and then the book is gonna end up tying in uh, with the new issue, which I actually got, but I haven't gotten to read it yet. It's um, they're, they're tying into Death of the Family, and there's this, there's actually a great cover coming up that I saw in previews of. Uh, it's basically kind of the repeat of Michelangelo's David, uh, or not David, um, uh, the I forget what the name of the sculpture is, but it's it's Mary holding Jesus. Oh, Pieta. And, the yeah, uh, it's uh, it's a, a imitation of that cover with Batman holding Red Hood, and that's that's playing back to the old death death in the family where Jason Todd was murdered by Joker. So that that's kind of that's a really intriguing uh, intriguing cover because it's there, there's still speculation on what's exactly going to happen in in the end of the story. Who's writing that? Who's writing that these days? Uh, Red Hood, Scott Lobdell. Okay, all right, very good. Speech. All right, um, I'm going to go ahead and go with the naughty first and totally agree with Ian is Thunderbolts. Gave it a shot, and I realize for me it's the artwork. When you have a book that's supposed to be filled with that much action, Dylan's style does not favor a lot of great action scenes and fight choreography, and that's one thing that I feel you need to have as an artist if you're doing a book that's supposed to be packed with that much action. You got a lot of good hand-to-hand guys there, not just guys who are going to sit there and, and shoot bullets. And I remembered that was the issue I had with him when he was doing the Wolverine Origins book. There right. were some great stories in there and some great moments, but <clears throat> it was flat because his fight choreography just looked boring and it just looked real weak. And, you know, I don't think the guy is a horrible artist. I just don't think he can do really high power kinetic physical scenes real well like that so and story-wise I'm, I'm just i'm just really not having as much fun because these guys are just anti-heroes they're not bad guys and like you guys said the the big point of of um, thunderbolts is the fact that you have bad guys right trying to you know turn the other cheek for whatever for whatever reason i mean even when luke cage was leading the team he still led a bunch of villains right you know and, and it was a fun book then and i miss kev walker <laughs> if he was drawing the book i'd probably stick on it a little bit more well, go but... pick up go pick up avengers arena he's doing yeah. a great job there yeah i might have to and um I will say my um, my one of my good reads since you guys already picked most of them. I'll go ahead and just go with Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow. Right now, it's part six of what's called um, Target Snake Eyes, and basically, he's um, he's being hunted by the Joes and by the Arashikage because now the Arashikage know that he was playing as a double agent, but the Joes were still on the fence about it because they thought he left to go join the, the bad guys. And this, this issue here, Snake Eyes, I mean, um, Storm Shadow has basically come to kill him himself, and it's a one-on-one fight. And it's just Dixon's writing, and um, Alex Cal is the, art, is the um, 
artist and it is just one great looking and great reading book and um usually with the jokes people just see him as like ex- nine expendable characters everybody makes out alive but like i mean snake storm storm shadow sets it up where they're on the docks where he plants the explosives and one of the joes um deep six is pinned um under a bunch of mach- uh, machinery and you got um cutter and another joe trying to help him out snake eyes pops up and there's only one w- way to save deep six so they go ahead and run interference to, um and take on storm shadow which i'm sorry i don't i just thought that was stupid as well but um snake eyes has to cut off deep six's arm to get him out of there Ooh. and it and, and it's just a high level of like drama and real realism that you actually get in this in these recent joe books that have been um coming out lately and it's just Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow, I thought would just be, you know, just one of those really, you know, fun ninja type titles. But it's they pretty much embed Snake Eyes' journey solo wise into the whole Joe universe and makes it count and makes it stick. And it's one of the better like Joe books. Like I said, there's a lot of um, drama and you get Joes that are like well known that either kick the bucket or, you know, they come real close to it. See so, that's that's how that's how I used to play GI Joe with my action figures, you know. Yeah. If one if 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 like a if a like the leg broke off or if an arm <laughs> broke off, like that character lost his arm or his leg, like, and he had to deal with that. He had to deal with that. It was all well, kinds yeah. of psychological things going on in my room. I mean, it was crazy. I think earlier in this series, I mean, I think it was Alpine. He had to have he got like shot in the spine and got his legs amputated. I mean, it was just rough. Yeah. You got Joes that have been killed and everything, but it's a good series so far. So yeah, those are my my two high and lows for the week. There were a million and one books that came out this week. Yeah, yeah, my my wallet felt that. Yeah, crazy, crazy, crazy. Well, all right. Well, um, next is this week in comic news. Um, first of all, uh, comicbookresources.com. And our own Spider-Man geek, uh, Dan Brian, reported that, that Dan Slott has been receiving death threats related to the way that he decided to conclude the Amazing Spider-Man arc with issue number 700. So uh, what seems to start off as lighthearted now has the Spidey author somewhat concerned. Um, he's gone from retwe- retweeting the threats on Twitter to publicly announcing that he will report every single threat to the proper authorities from here on out. And uh, that's crazy. Now, I was under the assumption, because it was a whole huge um, Twitter, like, debacle over the past, like, tragedy that happened at the school, and I thought he was getting death threats for his response about that. I didn't know it had to do with the way he ended Spider-Man 700. Are you really, like, you kidding me? People are sending him death threats over the way he ended a a comic book? Yeah. That's what the article says. Okay, bottom line, people need to get this shit together. That's right. If you're threatening Dan Slott, who was like one of the most like jolly, nicest guys out there, like you you really need to get your stuff checked out. Like that is there there's bigger things going on in the world than to sit here and threaten Slot over the way he ended a damn comic book. I can't even oh my god. Well I haven't I mean I haven't read it. You should go to jail and you should never be able to read Spider Man again. No, you should There should be a line of people who sent them death threats, and I need to be the guy at the receipt uh, receiving it and just punch the shit out of everybody who did who just does this. Because I'm like, there's so many other bigger things to deal with in life, and you spineless 
jerks want to sit her over the internet and get your balls big and throw threats at this man. I mean, come on now. So, okay, so what, I haven't read 700 yet, so I don't know. Um, no, I didn't even check that so, spoiler. So, what could he do in this issue that would make us want to kill Dan Slott? <laughs> like, if, did any of you guys read it already? I mean, I haven't read th- there's nothing in it worth killing the man over. Or even saying uh, anything other than that was awesome. Thank you very much, Mr. Slot. Right. Okay. Well, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm actually not suggesting that. No matter what happens in the book, you should not send death threats to to the writer or creator. Um, but uh, but God, you know, I mean, you know. he doesn't he doesn't turn Spider Man into like a Nazi or a racist. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> but, and, and we 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 can discuss this more once everyone's read it. That that I mean, it's ridiculous. It's just, it's just okay. All right. It's not even a call for people to get upset, even really. All right. All right. Uh, so the second story uh, is perfect for uh, for tonight's uh, COC Christmas special. Um, CBR is also featuring a boatload of story ideas that were abandoned during the month of December. Uh, there are many popular ones out there like Zorn being Magneto or Falcon actually being a mutant. Uh, but the one that, that we're going to focus on has a nice Christmas-related undertone to it. I, I'd never heard this before. Um, the story in question comes from Alpha Flight number 50, in which it is revealed that North Star is actually an elf. <laughs> what? Yes. Rumor has it that writer Bill Mantlo d- originally wanted to make Northstar have AIDS, um, and this was merely editorial's way of reining that idea in. So, huh? Okay, Northstar, uh, I have some bad news for you. Do, do I have AIDS, Doctor? No, you're an elf. No, you're an elf. Hold on, hold on. So seriously, they wanted him to have AIDS. Well, oh, that's no, that's that's the rumor. So nobody okay. knows for sure. Nobody can. Nobody can can confirm well, I hope, that. I hope not because North Star, right? right? Yes. The guy who just got married, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Now, do you guys like just real um, realize like the track record of gay characters? Yeah. That all of a sudden get AIDS. Yes. Yeah. Like the guy in the Hulk story, the black guy was gay, had AIDS. All right. 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 Yeah. There was there was another gay character. She had AIDS. Jeez. Karen Page, porn star, bisexual, got AIDS, died. But the interesting thing about this is Alpha Flight Flight number 50 came out in, like, that would be... 1990 or so. Yeah, that'd be like 89 or so, somewhere around there. So it was way before he was was married. Was it after, but was it after he was... Like, he was from Asgard, right? Oh, I don't know. Was, was so? Was this after he announced that he was gay? Is it after that issue? Yeah. Okay. See, there it is. He's gay. Let's give him A's. I mean, what kind of? Oh my God. Yeah. All right. Yeah. No, but that can't. Now, be now remember though, also the Speedy and the in Greenland, the the second Speedy, uh, Mia, what's her name was, uh, she had uh, HIV, but she didn't die. She uh, actually got it under control. Was she gay? No. She was a prostitute, though. Oh, okay. prostitute. See, there, you, there you go. There you, there you go. You're going around. You get the HIV. He's a deviant of some. <laughs> <laughs> now, the original Speedy uh, Arsenal, now, he was an IV drug user, but he didn't get AIDS. Of course, that was back in the early 70s before AIDS. So. Yeah, okay. That's right. That's right. 
I just thought I thought it was funny that that they're gonna they're gonna make them have elf origins. This if you go through this list this list on CBR, it's pretty funny. They, there's a there's about fifty uh, fifty unresolved stories where they go through and they just find these stories where you know one writer comes up with some whacked out idea and then they either do something really stupid to correct it or they just pretend <laughs> like it never happened and they move on. Right. And, and so one of them was that North Star was actually descendant of elves. <laughs> well, he does have pointy ears. He does have pointy ears. That's true. Yeah. Mm. And that's <laughs> never been explained, right? Yeah. Well, because I don't think his sister has pointy ears, does she? I think she does. Yeah. 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 She's twin does. sister. Yeah. But then if she's if she's <laughs> if they're from old. if they're descendants of elves, then that would mean they're not mutants, right? Wouldn't that be true? Or I guess so. Or mutant elves. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So they're faking it, and like Namor. <laughs> Namor has pointy ears. He's an elf. He it does. And the way any the way he sleeps around, he's probably got AIDS too. <laughs> no, he's got a healing factor. Oh, okay. All right. Well there you go. Yeah. Well speaking of Namor. <laughs> speaking of Namor, nice segue. Um uh, for for our fight club this week, we decided that uh we're gonna look at the way that in, in when I say we I mean me. Um <laughs> <laughs> we last year's AVX story had something that it, it, this might actually stick in my craw till the day that I die, to tell you the truth. Um, it's this. It's one of those things, I don't know why, but it bugs me so you, bad. You lay awake at night with a cold it's sweat true. thinking about it's this. True. And, and and that would be how Thing in AVX beat Namer in an underwater battle um, in the book. And, and he beat him soundly, too. I think he smacked him with a giant underwater mutant whale shark or something. I don't know what it was, <laughs> but... Um, so what I thought we would do with the Fight Club today is <clears throat> if, <clears throat> if Thing and Namor actually ended up in the water somewhere, what would that fight really look like? And you know, and I know many people would say, like I know John Hensley said it on Facebook, he said, well, Namor would just, you know, smack the shit out of, out of Thing. And I know that's an easy thing to say, but what would that fight really actually look like? Because I've always been amazed at how I understand how, how water gives Namor power. Like he kind of draws his strength from it. But the other thing I, that I've always wondered is, you know, how do people even punch underwater? You know what I mean? Like, the uh, one one of the coolest things, and here here's my here's my ignorance of football. Um, there was some football linebacker. I was watching a video of him on YouTube, and he does all this training in his pool, all this like strength training and stuff like that. And I don't remember what his name was, but he would stand in the shallow end of his pool, and then without his hands, while standing in the water, he would jump up onto the pool deck from his shallow end. Um, what? Yeah, and and he would do it repeatedly. Like he'd do like you know sets of ten and stuff like that. And so I remember me and my brother, uh, who's much more fit than I am, getting out into my pool in the shallow and trying and do it. And I mean, jumping it was, from the shallow end in, up to the deck on his pool deck. Yeah, yeah. And so I was looking at that and I was like, oh my goodness gracious. So me and my brother were trying it, and it was it was laughable. What you know what I mean? Like so. You know, I compare that to Namor and these guys punching underwater and stuff, and what that would look like. Because at first I thought, well, this is this is not human. But then this guy jumping out of the pool, I thought that was a pretty unhuman kind of thing to do too. And that's just some, you know, elite athlete doing it. So I don't know. What do you guys think the fight would look like with Thing and Namor if it actually hit the water? I don't think Namor would have any problem generating force and punching underwater because animals strike underwater. Mm-hmm. And you know they use their their fins to generate force, and Namor can do that with his feet. I mean, he's fine doing that. That's good point. Streamlined too. Yeah, and and he's lived down there and fought down there. Namor can function underwater 
you know, like a great, he could probably strike with more force than a great white, you know? Yeah. And uh, so there's the oxygen problem for Ben. There's the movement problem because he's not streamlined. He's not buoyant because he's made of rock. And, I mean, it would probably, what it would probably look like is, is, you trying to leap out of the shallow end up onto the deck <laughs> that's probably what Ben Grimm would look like trying to you know his punches would go in slow motion and Namer would would like look at him and be like are you serious is this for real and just backhand him you know 400 feet away swim over to him maybe toss him up to the surface let him get another breath so he could punch on him some more See what I think is. I, mean, uh, I think it would be laughable. It yeah, would be so yeah, one-sided. Yeah. N- Namor, Namor, in my mind, would get a thing in a in a in like a full Nelson, and <laughs> and he would and he would he would basically he would swim as fast as he can because Namor can swim really really fast. So I don't think that he necessarily has to throw any punches. I think he just gets thing in a in a full Nelson, but like. He's holding him uh, vertically, and like he's going down into the trenches, and he's just whacking uh, things face against uh, each each uh, rock and each uh, each trench that comes in there. He's just whacking his face up against everything that's on the bottom of the ocean until the guy just passes out. Yeah, and and uh, Eli mentioned something about the resistance. I mean, water is a heavy medium, so if Ben was trying to throw a punch, not only would he be in slow motion, and much slower than he is on land, because the water is going to be resistant. And even though he has the strength to overcome it, uh, the the water around him would be compressing. He would actually probably, if he was stri- trying to strike full force, he'd probably be uh, cavitating water around his arm. It'd basically be boiling off, and and it'd just be it'd be really rough. You, you know, Namor would be able to avoid it. And every punch he'd throw would be he'd be telegraphing it because just the swing itself would be would be pushing a wave of water toward Namor. Namor would be able to dodge very easily. So there's no way Ben would be able to win this fight. Yeah. I I just think Namor would be too busy laughing his ass off. <laughs> like seriously. And you know what? Even Marvel knew it was a joke by the way they kind of cleaned it up during the um what was that, the X Baby story? Yeah. At the end when they had um where they were playing with like the puppet masters clay. <laughs> yeah. And they explained, you know, that's how he I mean, I'm like, come on, when your writers don't even take the outcome of the fight seriously, how can we? I mean, yeah. it's Namor underwater fighting thing of all people. Yeah. And not not only that, but the bottom of the ocean's made of pretty much mostly soft sediment. So the bill would be sinking down at least to his waist. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and then he'd just be stuck. I mean, we yeah. know he's got super. They just think that since we know he's got superhuman strength, he should just, and just be able to throw, you know, the quickest punches underwater as he would on land. I'm like, no, sorry. Yeah, yeah. put a little and, bit of science in there. As sensitive as Namor is, he'd know where the punch is coming from, and uh, long before it even reached him, just from the compression wave. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Hey, if we can come up with all this, how come guys who do this for a living can't? Couldn't have thought of one of these ideas. Which, I can't believe I can't believe somebody said, "Hey, this is a great idea. Let's let's let the, let's let thing win." Um, How did the editor let this go? I think they go? flipped a coin I mean, in the office. They had to. they flipped a coin. <laughs> they just flipped coins. Yeah, and then okay, now you have to figure out how to how to make Ben uh, win this thing. Yeah. Well, especially because later on, Namor becomes one of the Phoenix Five. Like, yeah. why wouldn't they have used that story to kind of build him up a little bit before? I don't, I, it just didn't make any sense. Yeah, it, it really that really angered me that fight. Like it's 
basically for me that was the turning point not that I needed a turning point because the series wasn't good but for me that was the as soon as that fight went down I was like you know what a joke like this whole thing's just an enormous joke you know what I mean like and it's too bad because I think I think with Namer there's lots of gray you know what I mean like you can Namer's the kind of guy you can have him get beat up and, and not have people question but you can also have him beat up some pretty top top notch guys and also not question it you know what I mean like I came I think it was in the new Avengers when um, he fought Venom I think it was maybe it was the Thunderbolts I don't know and Venom bit off his wings off of his feet I don't know if yeah, you guys yeah I remember that yeah yeah it was fantastic took his wings right off you know, it was super, it was such a fantastic fight. And it was like, it was, it was so desperate. You know what I mean? Like there was so much desperation in that fight. And you could see Namer was, he was crapping his pants. Do you know what I mean? Like he's like, what the hell's going on here? I've never had somebody do this to me. You know what I mean? So there's lots of cool things you could do with Namer, but what they should have done is they should, I think they should have had Namer and Thing fight on the land, not in the water. Right. Uh, or just on a beachhead. Yeah. <laughs> And then well, have, yeah, that would have been a little bit more believable, but to put him in the in the underwater environment was just ridiculous. Now, now here's the thing, though. So if Namer, if Namer and Thing fight on the land, then who wins? Depends on Namer. where they are. Nobody wins. We all lose. It depends on where they are. If they're if they're if they're in a desert or if they're far away from from water, or some source of sustenance for for Namor, then I think that only weakens him. I mean, I'm not saying that he can't win, but. Um, but I think it's a little more even. <laughs> Except for you got Namor. I mean, Namor can fly, and that 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 is a uh, that's a nice that's a nice uh, attribute to have. So I've never know. really understood the thing all that much. Yeah. In terms in terms of in terms of what he has to offer, you know what I mean? Like like other than when he fights the Hulk, yeah. I, I see the thing as being anything. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. He's just he's really boring. He really is. Yeah, he always has been. He's fodder for Johnny. That's about it. That's pretty much yeah. it. Really? Yeah. Yeah. All right, so that settles that. The uh, people at Marvel have no idea what they're talking about. They should listen more here, closely here. to the show. Um, okay, so let's let's why don't, let's just move on to the fight of the week. Go for it. Let's do it. And I think we uh, we'll have another person joining us here in a, in a couple minutes. Yeah. Yeah, I think Dan is is here. So, uh, is he on already? No, he's not on yet. But okay, just go ahead. So, in this segment, uh, uh, which we call the fight of the week, and this is the part that we've kind of changed the most in our show, um, where we've changed it kind of from a tournament format more to uh, whoever wants to drop in and and argue it out format. Um, in this segment, a category of fighters is going to be chosen in advance. So, for example, it might be like a flyer, a matter manipulator, and a mega-level character, something like that. Uh, and each guest is going to be asked to secretly pick one fighter who fits into this category <coughs> Excuse me, to defend against the other managers. Um, if multiple guests pick the same fighter, then if they want, they can actually, and you know, it would make perfect sense to, they can actually gang up on the other, other hosts and guests. If the majority of guests vote that a particular fighter violates that week's cap, then that fighter is going to be disallowed, and that manager, of course, it goes without saying, is going to be publicly shamed as a cheater. <laughs> mm, yes. We're going to put him in the, uh, whatever those, uh, the stockade. We're going to put him in the stockade and throw tomatoes at that person. Yeah, in the chokey. Um, yeah. So, so uh, last week under, um, last week we debated 
Um, oh, oh, Dan says he's not gonna. He's not coming. So okay, well that was for nothing. Um, but last week, under the category of female Street Fighter, um, Cape and I both decided to go for for Domino, and uh, Dan picked Mystique, and Tom picked Lady Deathstrike, and Eli hung up on the call uh, during that portion of the show because he was just a, a little pansy baby. Um, so, uh, so, but the, uh, the comic attack dot former dot com poll picked Domino as the overwhelming winner, uh, I should say, at 63% of the votes. Uh, Lady Deathstrike got the second, uh, amount of votes with 25% of the votes, and Mystique only got a measly 13% of the votes. So, uh, so Domino wins. Hooray. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so for this week, uh, guests were asked to pick one fighter um, whose powers are biological in nature, and there was debate over what that actually means. But, uh, but we'll 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 jump into it here in a second. So, um, the, where does the fight take place, Ian? Did we pick a spot? I don't think so. Okay. You want to pick one? Yeah, I had a spot in mind. Give me one sec. I don't. For, I don't remember what it's called. It's an underwater. Well, it's not underwater. It's uh. Just give me one sec, okay? Okay. It sure. is. It's this. It's a flooded city. Um. And I'm not sure if it was flooded because of the tsunami. I just have to. I got it here somewhere. So let's see here. Oh, hold on. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> this is the the interesting part of the show, <laughs> where Ian does his research. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I had this in mind and then I didn't post it. It's mine. Oh, I'm shit. I'm I'm just shocked that Domino won. How are you shocked? She's awesome. She's really, she does a lot of running away. Of running. Her her powers allow her to escape by the skin of her teeth. That's pretty much it. So who cares? Yeah, it, so it gets she her does the a lot of running away. No, it doesn't get her the win. It gets her the escape. It got her the win. Oh gosh, she's ah <laughs> uh, the luck power wins again there. Yeah, we okay, were so we're running. Do what? Ian? I, go, go ahead, Ian. I shared it. I shared it on my Facebook page, and then what I'll do is then I'll take it and I'll put it on. Also, put it on the uh, on the COC page. But I just just now put it onto my page. Okay. <coughs> it's called the Flooded Ancient Ruins, um, and I know for sure I'm going to totally butcher this name. It's Ayatahaya. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. yeah. And it's in it's in Thailand, um, and I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that these ancient ruins never used to be flooded. I'm, and I could be wrong here, um, but I, I think it was because of the tsunami that uh, uh, it, there was a change in their, you know, in the landscape there, and now it's flooded. But the way that you know, and if you look at the picture on my oh, that's nice, yeah, homepage, it, it, the way it flooded is very neat. Like it's it's almost like it was purposeful the way it was flooded, um, which it wasn't. But that's great. Okay. Cool. So uh, I, I do believe that you got to pick your character first last time, Ian. So, Let's do uh, this. Can we do this, though, Jeff? What's that? Um, 
let's have let's have everybody state their character. Okay. And then we'll go back and have them defend their character. To see if they'll go go forward to the fight. No, do you know what I mean? No, like, and then so everyone can hear who everyone's picking first. So it's like you know, I'm picking Cannonball, and I'm picking Sunspot, and I'm picking, and do it that way, and get the list, and then go back and then tell you, and then do okay. the rest. Okay, sounds good. Is that right? Sounds good. Okay, so and and what we did for those of you that weren't on the show last week, uh, what we do is is, is we kind of use like a gentleman's agreement here that you know, the character you're going to pick is the character you're going to pick. Don't go and change it once you hear somebody else. Yeah. And because if, cause, oh. yeah, because if if two people pick the same character, then you both team up and and fight together. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. so y'all got that. And I don't, I honestly, there's, you know, we're talking. This is the best of the best of the best here with the COC. So I have no concerns that somebody's going to cheat or something like that. Except for Eli, but um, except for. <laughs> okay. All right, okay. thinking about it now. <laughs> so you have to go with your first pick, no matter who it was. <laughs> Hey okay. Jeff, do you do you want you and I to say ours at the same time? <laughs> okay. Okay, you want to do that? So yeah. we'll go. We'll, say, we'll go one, two, three, and then we'll both say them. Okay. 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 Ready? One, two, three. Krakoa. <laughs> no way! I knew you were gonna. No pick way! I knew I you were. I was thinking to myself. Jerks. I was thinking to myself. There, there's no way he'll even think of this. <laughs> You know what though? It's it's because on the last show, right, when we were talking about God. using a biological character, uh-huh. and, and I don't know what what it was. We were talking about something, and then both of us, you can see by what the way our tone changed. Uh-huh. Both of us, it's like a lightning bolt. <laughs> that's, exactly, that's exactly what I thought of it. Yes. Uh. As soon as you said, "Oh, I know who I'm going to pick," because I knew as soon as you said it, <laughs> I was thinking the exact same thing in my mind at that second. <laughs> Okay. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Krakoa. Okay, Eli, who do you want? Uh, Magneto. Eli. What? What? You, why did Magneto. What? What? You said <laughs> Earth-powered. You started a biological. Someone talked about it, and then you changed it to Earth-powered. He's powered what? by the magnetic field. I didn't what? change anything to Earth powered. It's biological. <laughs> you, you, it went. Well, shall I... wouldn't the electromagnetic field surrounding the planet though count though? Is that? As, no, well, bi- no, biological is elemental, right? Wouldn't it be? Like, bi- like if you study biology, you're not going to study the, you're not going to study magnetism. Okay, That's... so you mean one of the elements on the, you know, Earth, wind, fire, yeah. all that stuff. Okay. Oh my goodness. <laughs> can I, can I have a second pick since I was cheated? You are cheat. You mean because you cheated? <laughs> no, because you're changing your tune here. Not changing shit. It's biological. You work in the <laughs> oh library. Goodness. And you have dictionaries in your library. <laughs> <laughs> why, don't you, why don't you go back and look at Facebook? Unless you've already deleted your post. That, that supports my 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 idea here. Okay, listen. There. That's fine. Hey, ban. What were we gonna do? Throw me in a cistern or something? <laughs> you know, do it. That's fine. What's a Ma- Magneto was my first pick. <laughs> All right. No, okay. Who are you picking? Let's go. Quit, quit messing around. That was my real first pick. Can you? Can I have another one? No more reindeer games with you. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, it'd be good. We, you know what? We would love it if you could play. And if you choose Magneto, you can't play. <laughs> 
right. Well, have, hey, come back to me. Let me like five seconds and come up with another one. I thought you were taking Groot. Groot? No, you offered Groot, <laughs> and I just made jokes about it. Okay. All right, Tom. Don't pick Magneto, Tom. Tom, you there? Oh, maybe he's not. No, I'm on mute. Uh, oh, okay. I, I was going to choose Hydra Man. Yeah, I was defending Eli there. Sorry. <laughs> I guess nobody heard me. No, no, we didn't. Oh, dang it, Tom. That would have been great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, magnetism is one of the fundamental forces of nature. So I would I would agree with Magneto being on the list. Anyway, I'm choosing Hydra Man. Is that allowable? Yes. Yeah, it's funny. It's no. funny how Tom. Hey. It's funny how Tom defends Magneto, but then he picks a character that actually works. <laughs> Magneto, uh, I thought Hydra Man would be more interesting. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> on my list. Speech is gonna pick molecule man or something. <laughs> What's more biological? Mo- than molecules? Yeah, molecules—the fundamental force of nature. I was thinking—I was thinking quasar, seeing as how he's uh, the quantum, quantum, quantum's the uh, fundamental force of everything. Well, since I, I think um, Galactus might get vetoed, though, so I mean. <laughs> I guess the power cosmic doesn't count as one of those Earth-related biopowers. Uh, no, didn't you hear me earlier when no. I called you guys jerks? I'm with I'm, uh, unluckily I'm teamed up with you two. Oh, Krakoa! Awesome. So, so no, it's not awesome. At this point, it's like Krakoa versus Hydro Man. <laughs> that, that's a, that's oh, a great gosh. fight. That's a great fight. I like Three it. Three on two, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought of Hydra Man a, a, a little while ago, and then I said, "No, uh, he's too lame. Uh, I'm, I'm not, not gonna, lame. and I'm not gonna cheat and go, and change from Magneto. I'll get lambasted." So uh, hi, technically, Hydra Man was the second guy I thought of. No, you know what? You said the environment. After you said the environment, Hydra Man was the first, the second guy I thought of after Magneto. But here's the other thing. Here's the other thing too. If you want to take Magneto, you can. It, it would totally be cheating, but. But Krakoa kicked the shit out of Magneto. That's true, yeah. You'd suck him dry. Ain't Krakoa dead, though? <sighs> no. No, <it's... laughs> No, you know what? You, know, you losers had a hissy fit. Ian had a hissy fit with Magneto. <laughs> Let's go, Hydra Man. Hydra Man. Let's wow. go, lame, B-list Spider-Man villain, and kick the crap out of you people who choose a whole freaking island. <laughs> He's not an island. What is he? An alien? No, no he's, he's not an alien. alien. He's the I have secure... no idea what he is, actually. He's like yeah. a giant lab beast now, I think. Last I saw him. He's the security force or whatever on for um, the Gene Gray Institute. Yeah. So, um, oh, Dan did uh, text me his uh, what he would have picked. <coughs> he would have picked. He would have picked Man Thing. Oh, nice! Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, that was a good. That was a good one. That was my. That Man was my second was a pick. Good one. Yeah. So. So there we go. Who, and Eli, you're gonna go with Hydra Man? Yeah, he he. I, I I went with Magneto originally, and then after you mentioned the environment, I thought Hydra Man would be awesome. So he's my. He was my second choice. All right. All right. Is I another one on my list was Storm? Yeah. Storm would have worked. Yeah, the best minds thinking alike on the COC this week. Me, Ian, and Jeff? 
Yeah, I was no, no, say- that would be me and Tom, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the only two men to be COC champions. Uh, yeah. Oh, jeez. Okay. So, we're going to kick this one off. Yeah. And we're in the uh, the flooded ancient ruins of Ayutthaya in <laughs> Thailand. <coughs> Who wants to go? Let's let's give uh let's give let's give the uh the Eli and Tom the uh the first shot there. Okay. Alright, well Hydroman would uh since he can just basically dissolve into water, he'll be able to get into everything, including the water inside the plants that make up Krakoa, so he can just basically get in and rupture all their cells or dehydrate them. Same thing with man thing. So Hydroman will have control over basically the entire whole environment. Hydroman will have control over which the medium that this fight is taking place in. Yeah. So it's it's over. <laughs> he can literally to... hold Krakoa in suspended animation. Yeah. Our, our withdrawal, our pull all the water out of Krakoa and desiccate it. <laughs> so, so Krakoa will basically just dehydrate and wither up and blow away. And uh, Man-Things also have a bunch of swamp muck, which uh, Hydroman will be able to get into and basically explode him. That's not bad. Hello. Yeah, um, that's not bad, or, or it's really bad. Uh, the whole thing with what you just said there, that make that won't, won't happen, is that Krakoa basically is the basin that holds Hydroman, um, just like the Earth is the thing that holds the water on the Earth. You know, the Earth, the water doesn't hold the Earth; the Earth holds the water. Right. And Krakoa is the same. Um, Hydroman, you know, will take will take the you know the shape of the water, but it's it's. Hydroman is still limited to his mass. Um, Hydroman does not, you know, Hydroman cannot manipulate oceans and things like that. Um, at least that's never been shown. He just he can he can basically manipulate the water that's within his range and that's somewhere within his mass. Um, I've, I've seen it slightly more than his mass, but not a whole lot more than his mass. <coughs> Krakoa is enormous, um, so there's no way there's no way that that Hydroman's water powers, whether it be um, oversaturation or this, the leaching of water would do anything to Krakoa whatsoever. If you, if you read Wolverine and the X-Men, um, and you look at, you look at Krakoa's abilities, he, he basically, he's the security force for the entire school and basically can subdue all of the mutants in that school. And that's the teachers like Wolverine, Kitty, the gang, right? All of them and the students all at the same time, and, and as well as intruders that are coming into the property. Um, he's uh, he's almost an unfair pick for this category because he's just so so powerful. Here, here, here's what I think would happen. Um, Krakoa, uh, I mean, Hydroman would kind of go into Krakoa's being um, to try to take him out from, from the inside. And... Uh, and what would what would actually happen is um, he uh, because because Krakoa can control every molecule of himself. I mean he he can he can move around. Uh, I mean every piece of of vegetation, every piece piece of dirt, and and conceivably every piece of water that is also within him as well, and. Um, and so now I'm 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 gonna. This is a little bit of a stretch, um, but I am. But I'm thinking that um, that Hydra Man's powers work a little bit like Sandman's powers, 
in that at the core of who Hydra Man is, there is there's got to be some kind of core molecule or something like that. Um, and and what they found with with Sandman is is that there's a that there is a core. Uh, molecule that makes him Sandman and that, that that controls all the rest of the sand. And I'm thinking with Hydra Man that that's got to be the same. And I, I don't know. I don't know if this has been ever been proven or not. But um, but that that there's some kind of core molecule for Hydra Man. And so if that one uh, molecule of Hydra Man can be controlled by Krakoa, then game's over. That's not supported by the information on his wiki. Who? <laughs> Which who said, I mean, it's the Marvel Wiki. It says that his it's different than Sandman. It says that his consciousness either resides in each droplet or it exists in a in a separate state of being, like that's not in the body anymore. And also, his powers have received a, a, a some tweaking by the wizard recently, and he can control water sources outside of those that make up his own body. Yeah, he larger by his water creating tsunamis and so on, so he can. He basically and water permeates this entire environment, so he'll be able to get in and, and basically tear everything apart, included. Which means, and, if this city is flooded, he controls the sea. Hmm. He controls all of it. But Krakoa, Krakoa goes deeper. But how than is he tearing water. Krakoa apart? It's he's just putting water. Yeah, he's just putting water on Krakoa, who is the act who can basically be the actual landmass. Okay, yeah. here's a question for you. Here's a question for you. Um, what is it that's eroding the earth around around the world that they're trying to 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 to, to build seawalls and things to keep beaches from eroding? It's the water eroding the land. But erosion the erosion is is that that's based on water levels. That doesn't mean that the what land is it doesn't mean that the it doesn't mean that the land isn't there. It means it that changes. when the two meet Yes, it moves. The land loses. No, it's being eroded. If the la- if the land was conscious, if it had a consciousness, then it would not be eroding. But and see, Krakoa that, is a consciousness in land. But hey, Eli, based on what you're saying, right? That when it comes to land, water, and air in this planet, in our biosphere, uh, none of them none of them actually lose particles, right? They just simply move from place to place. Like it's not like. It's not like water. It's, if, if water levels raise in one spot in the world, they lower in another. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not like water just disappears, and it's the same with land, right? right. Like so nothing is land, getting totally destroyed right here. But see, the, the whole thing that I'm that I'm saying is is that Krakoa is the vessel. Like Krakoa is the basin that holds the water, right? So all all I see that Krakoa do is is he just creates a giant bowl, turns his body into a giant bowl that holds Hydraman inside of it, like. Mm-hmm. I think what it comes down to, and this is the classic uh, COC question, is what can Hydra Man do to harm Krakoa? And I don't think there's anything. But Krakoa, he can he can totally subdue or contain Hydra Man. Like he can contain him so that Hydra Man cannot leave him as a vessel. How would he do I, that? I don't, I don't the, see how. I mean, can he control the, the entire part, mantle of the planet? Yeah, the soil is still permeable. There's water in everything. And Hydra Man has control of all water. And and think about what a rock can do to, or, or what uh, what water can do to stone. It, it you know, water gets in into stones and it, it breaks them apart all the time. Now, that's how mountains erode and yeah, so but on. That, but that takes hundreds of years, though. It's not instantaneous. Not 
No, it, it, water gets into cracks in the rock and 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 then freezes and and, and shears it off. Okay, if if Hydra Man and, is so awesome, then how come he can't beat Spider Man? <laughs> and and, and, and where and whereas and whereas Krakoa, you know, has trapped the X Men. He's a team uh, beater. Yeah, he is. There's no way that I mean, just just stack. Look at their look at their it's records versus Goliath. You've got you've got Hydra Man, who's the single, uh, who's like the little mouse that gets in and uh, and and just gets in and screws up all the works. I mean, he can also Krakoa is also made of uh, an amalgam of plant life, and that's that's saturated with water. Uh, all Hydra Man has to do is get in that biosystem and start. He can start pulling water out out of the roots of the plants and desiccate them. So it's it's basically killing Krakoa off from the inside. But, see, that, but that's, that's going to cause finger is pain. But but understand, like I don't know. I'm not I'm not sure if I'm still. Correct, but Krakoa can live in space. Yes, I, I remember. Re- okay, now you're te- you're telling me that just you know if you take the water out of the um the plants that Krakoa will just die. But I mean, if if Krakoa is able to live in space, I'm pretty Even sure Spider- that there's wasn't he a suspended animation in space because of the cold and lack of air. I don't know that, but he still know. survived. Yeah, but if but he's he, in suspended animation, he it, it's useless. He ain't doing nothing. It's a dude. But because but because Krakoa can control the plant life in, in the Terra, uh, you know, on top of him, I think that that's a that's a that's a tie there. Like I don't think you can say that Hydro Man, or Hydro Man or whatever his name is, I don't think that you can say that he can suck the water out because I think as fast as he can suck it out, uh, you know, Krakoa can suck it back in because it's not like he we're can, how can you suck it back in if Hydro Man's controlling it and drawing it okay. out. No, because he because he controls those plants, right? So it's it's we're not talking about like some tree that grows on Krakoa. That tree is Krakoa. So right. in terms of in terms of what the roots and the tap roots and things like that suck up, he controls that, right? So whereas a regular tree in your yard has a certain rate of absorption, Krakoa he absorbs that. Like he 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 that's up to him. So if he wants to use it as a straw and suck up water, you know what I mean? But then the other thing too that with with Tom was saying that water is everywhere. That's actually not true. The deeper you go into the Earth's core, is you, you start to run into the absence of water, right? You don't have water at the Earth's core. If we had water at our Earth's core, then the Earth would come apart. But we don't because water only stays at the surface. Like water, water goes deep. The okay. body is, there's still water in the uh, – in, in, there's still water molecules dispersed within the, the mantle and crust. It's just yeah, not – it's not in We're a uh, – Hey, in, hey, wait, wait, hold on. And it's in every bit of plant life. Let, I'll give you this. I'll give you this. Hydra Man will definitely suck. <laughs> he, he will suck at winning this fight. You guys should lose right there. Kick no. Jeff off the team and you have a shot. <laughs> yeah, that was good. That was good. Are we having to fight Man Thing too? Or is, uh... Nah. No. Dan's no. not here. Nah. Okay. It's just it's just a one on one, or land. Although that would be a good question. Land versus water. So yeah, because Booster if, Coat if Hydra Man was afraid, hold no fear. So that would that would be interesting with Man Thing. It would have been, yeah. Would 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 he burn? He's made of water. Who knows? Yeah, you can boil water. <laughs> so, see, you guys should have chosen Man Thing. Well, You're afraid of Man Thing. Man Thing. That's why you didn't choose him. Man, thing's hey, too unstable right now. Doesn't Krakoa have a heart somewhere deep, somewhere inside him? That's never been proven. I thought the I thought they did find it once, like a core 
Rudentella. Art of Krakoa? No. Yeah. Negatory. I don't think so. Not yeah. that I've... All right, we all got anything else? Let's, uh, let's, I cha- I just changed something real quick, Jeff. Okay. Um, I moved, I moved something up. I thought it's better suited here. So okay. next week, guys, um, the, uh, the, the category that we're going to use to pick from is that everyone's being asked to draft one character who was teleported onto the, onto Battle World, um, by the Beyonder in the original Secret Wars series. Um, and then the, the the stipulations here, and this is these stipulations are for Eli because he's such a freaking cheater. Is that, <laughs> so Beyonder doesn't count, right? Because some people would say, well, Beyonder he teleported himself as well, but Beyonder doesn't count. <laughs> Beyonder doesn't doesn't count. And then the other thing too is is that we're going to use the power sets of the characters right after they were teleported onto Battle World. Okay. So you can't say, okay, yeah, I'm going to pick Claw after he had the powers of the Beyonder. Do you know what I mean? Like. It's it's all the characters right after they were teleported to Battle World. Make sense? Sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds awesome. So, and I thought that we could do that too. So I'll start to try and I'll start to try and pull in some not just power levels, but maybe some scenarios as well. Do you know what I mean? So. Yeah, because I know who everybody's going to pick. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's going to pick the same character. Well, I don't think don't, so. Don't really? I don't think you're going to pick who I pick. He's totally going for the wasp. <laughs> All you losers are probably going to pick for who I'm going to pick. Yeah, yeah. So what? Hey, what happens if we all pick the same character? We have to repick, and that that character isn't allowed. Maybe. Oh, that's a good idea. That's a great yeah. idea. Or what we can do is because I'm so much better than you guys. What we'll do is if, if we all if we all pick the same character, I'll pick somebody different, and I'll still kick your ass. <laughs> <laughs> no, no way. Okay, so how about we stop this empty bravado? How about I have an idea? How about also maybe one in the future is you have to pick from characters you have previously used in a COC. Well, then I would I win. Would... I would win with Darwin. <laughs> oh, for crying out loud! <laughs> Game over, right there. We just did it. That's good. That's good. That's good. <laughs> I've only right. played one, though. What? Well, whose fault is that? Yeah, you had some pretty good characters. You guys have your interim battles. There, there ones there. Fin Fang Foom and, <laughs> and Cloak. <laughs> yeah, dude, I picked I picked Xavier like twice and never won. <coughs> That's why he's dead. Yeah, I guess so. Me and Tom pick Xavier once and we both won. I know yeah. exactly. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so before we sign off tonight, this is something that we, we didn't do in the last episode. Uh, we thought it would only be fitting to ask everyone who's, who's a guest here tonight to pick one comic-related item that they would love to see or love to have Santa bring them this year. All right, I'll, I'll go first. Um, I, you know, I was, I was really thinking about this and thinking of different books and things that I want. What I would really love more than anything is I would love to be able to go to C2E2 or New York Comic Con. And just have a good time going around to the con. That's really what I want. What I would want more than anything, I think, comic related. Yeah, that's me, Eli. Me? Yeah. Nah, I'm gonna play Grinch. I don't. I don't. I don't celebrate Christmas, so I'm not looking to get anything. So what do you? But what if you except, had to pick one my, thing? My regular order from Pat, which is gonna show up. Hold on, next no. Week. Hold on. One second. 
What do you mean you don't celebrate Christmas? What does that mean? <laughs> I, I don't. I don't do Christmas at all. Okay, why? I give Christmas gifts. People don't give me Christmas gifts. Cause it's a big fat lie, man. You know, when you're a kid, it's a big deal, right? And you have kids, so it's a big deal. And um, but you know, you grow up, you learn what it's about, and oh, not man. interested in it. Man, my heart hurts. Oh. Your heart hurts, Jeff. <laughs> Are you serious? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't want to hurt your feelings, buddy. Oh, uh, somebody stole Eli's joy. <laughs> So, so if you had to pick, okay, I prefer to be the Grinch and steal others' joy. Hold on, hold on, hold on Jeff, I'm not done. I'm oh, not you're done. not done. Okay. Oh God. <laughs> Brother, you need a hug, man. <laughs> Dude, I'm fine. I'm I'm fine, man. It's okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm crying over here. I know. I'm so sad. <laughs> oh, this is great. I made Ian cry. Wow. He hasn't shed a tear in almost 20 years. I know. Seriously. Okay, but so one of these days, though, and it doesn't have to be today, Eli, okay? But one of these days, you have to tell us what happened in your childhood to make you hate Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) And it doesn't have to be on air, yeah. You want to email me or something, that's fine. I I promise, well, kind of, that I won't read it. <laughs> the, the day I trust you with personal information of mine is the day I celebrate Christmas. <laughs> oh, that was great. So, so, so if you well, okay, so take the Christmas part out of it. What is what is yeah. one comic related thing that you that you would want of anything right now? Yeah, like so the top the top of your wish list item. Like what like what what could we send you to make you happy? Oh, jeez. <laughs> you know what I would like. Is uh, what I've wanted for a while, but I just never bought for myself. Um, and you, you might not even be able to get them now. I don't know, but uh, for a while, Jerry Robinson, uh, the creator of the Joker, who yeah. died recently, you could purchase several of his uh, prints of some of his work online, including the a print of the original sketch he did of Joker when he was seventeen, way back in like nineteen forty, that he signed. Oh, yeah, that'd be very cool. That's great. I would love that. I would love that. How, what was that going for? Did you see? Like sixty-five bucks, and I just never got that's around a, to ordering one. That's a good. But now price. they're probably way more. That was when he was alive. Yeah, sixty-five bucks. That's a deal. Yeah, that is a deal, really. Oh yeah. You know, I should go check and see how much that is now. Yeah. Maybe it'll make me cry because I didn't buy it for when it was so cheap. Yeah. And that'll be a few thousand. All right, speech. Uh, mine will be, um, and it's funny because you brought up lock and key earlier. There's um skeleton crew that makes actual keys replicas of the keys from the story, and I would like all of them. I would like all the replica keys plus the whispering iron. Oh, I didn't know that they made that. That's awesome. Oh, you, oh Jeff, you should go to the site. Yeah, I would. I would. I, I would like all of the keys that that they made so far. I know. Awesome. I, I know they've got the moon key, the ghost key, the Hercules key, the black axe, the grindhouse key. Um, what else? The shat, the shadow key. There's even an IDW key, and there's um, the Omega key as well. Oh. Yeah, but I would love those. So if anybody is kind enough, warm enough in their hearts, can find can find a spot. That's awesome. <clears throat> That's awesome. How about you, Tom? 
Uh, mine's a little more pedestrian. I, I just wanted uh, Superman Volume One or Superman Earth One Volume Two, which just came, which just came out recently. It's the new uh, Superman hardcover by uh, JMS. That's uh, a retelling. It's a reboot of Superman, but it's just being done by hardcovers. Cool. <laughs> and the first one was really good. So this is the sequel. And they also did a Batman Earth one, which was really good too. But that was uh, I forget who wrote that now. Cool. All right. <coughs> Cape, how about you, man? Um, for me, it would be. Uh, I've been kind of kind of getting back into the whole tattoo craving mode. I have some tattoos and but it's been a while since I've since I've done anything a long while actually. So I've been trying to convince my wife to allow me to get more tattoos and she is dead set against it. What 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 tattoos do you have? That's top secret, man. Oh, come on. Well, I'll tell you about one. So I have on my arm I have it's a giant anchor and with a heart behind it that says mom and then through the heart there's a snake um, what else is there? There's a sword with an eagle on it. And it says... Awesome. Is there yeah, a, is there a can of spinach on there too? Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. No. But, yeah, the tattoo that I'd be interested in getting is there's a. Um, I really enjoyed the images, and you guys have probably seen them. I've used them as avatars, like profile pics and stuff like that. Um, it's the Wolverine um, pictures by um, Japanese manga artist Utamu Nahai or Nahi. I, I'm, I'm probably butchering that name. Is that the one with the red background? Yeah, there's one with the red background. I like the one with the blue background where it, it's uh, Wolverine kind of jumping towards the reader. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and I'd like to get a really and it's in just in black and white, not with the blue, but just the black and white of the tattoo, and then the yellow um, X on the uniform. And I'd like to get it really big on my ribs. Um, you know that that would be my my Christmas gift from Santa if I could ask for one. Wow! Yeah, yeah. Well, if you if you ever get that, will you will you take a picture of it and post it to, uh, us, to us? Just to us. I, the only way I would do that is if is if I if I knew there was a way that Eli wouldn't see it because I'd be afraid what he'd do with that picture. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. If I, if I get, if why, I get, why do I even come on this show anymore? If I could get a tattoo, I'd get a tattoo of Ian's face on my own face. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I would get. That would go well with your parishioners. It would. It would. It would be awesome. Eli, you know, you know, I love you, man. If you if you stopped coming on this show, I wouldn't even come on anymore. Just so you know. I know, buddy. I know. It's all in fun. <laughs> yep, yep, you could get a, a taskmaster ma- task uh, or bone crusher mask. Uh, tattooed over your face. That there you was, go. I could do yeah. that. The skull. People, people would love that. Yeah, the, uh, the, the tattoo I'm actually trying to convince my wife to get, allow me to get right now is one I designed. It's a sleeve. You know, like a, I don't know if you know what I mean yeah. when I say yeah. that. Yeah. And um, it's it's just my three kids' names but written kind of diagonally down my forearm and then with their birth date written in the other direction on the on my wrist and then do it all the way around my arm. All three. Is that because you, you tend to forget your kids' names and their birth dates? Oh shit! It would it, well not the names, but the, it would help me with the birthday. <laughs> <laughs> what happens if you have another kid? Well, that's that's the problem, right? So, well, you know, you know what that means. Then, if I have another kid, if I've got three on one arm, then that means that I need three more for the other arm. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so wow. That means if you have four, you got to go for six. Right. 
Oh, boy. Your poor wife. I know. She's 43, right? So she doesn't think that that's the greatest idea. Yeah, but. probably not. Probably not. <laughs> Maybe she's you get lucky and have triplets. Or you can just get your concubine to, to have some. <laughs> do you guys have those in Canada? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think they do. Concubines? Uh, Is that where all those shootings were? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, all right. On that note, so... um. Send your American references. There you go. There you go. Well, thanks, everybody. Thanks to all of our guests and our listeners for humoring us here at Contest of Champions by listening to uh, the podcast. Feel free to tell us what you think of the show by following us on any of our of the social media platforms floating around out there. You can follow us on Twitter at COC Podcast. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash COC Podcast. Join us on the Comic Attack forums by going to ComicAttack.Former.com and be sure to go there so that you can vote on who you think would win between Krakoa and Hydro-Man. Uh, there will be a uh, there will be a post for that fight in the in the in the forum. So uh, and that's um, and you can always comment on the post for this episode uh, on ComicAttack.net. You can check us out at comicrelated.com and their forums as well. And we thank them for also hosting us. And and uh, or you can go just go the old-fashioned route and you can email us at jeff at comicattack.net or capekiller at yahoo.ca. Nice. Well, we record every Sunday night at 9 p.m. And the show is available for download on iTunes the following yeah, sometimes sometime. today, sometimes earlier, sometimes – well, never later. Usually it's earlier, if not later, or if not Wednesday. Um, leave us a review on iTunes, and we will give you a shout out on the show. We would love to uh, love to love to mention your name on the show. So leave us a review. And uh, special thanks goes out to all our helper elves tonight who took the time out of their busy holiday schedule to be here with us on the show tonight. Um, so thank you very much, gentlemen. We appreciate it, like always. And from Father Jeff and Kate Killer here at COC, we wish everyone a merry Christmas. Enjoy your families, guys, and read lots of uh, funny books. And we'll see you next week, champions. Oh, Tannenbaum, oh, Tannenbaum. Da, 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 da. Let's get ready to rumble. Contest. Contest.